We are live for episode 51 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Today is Thursday, March the 10th, and I am a worthless, not Ryan Fox, here with my fire team, Jared. I told you two truths and two lies last week, so you knew what was coming. And the chronicler himself, Chad Ocero. I think I'm the happiest one here because of all the lore that came out of that, regardless of the outcome. <laughs> uh, I keep trying to tell myself it's uh, the journey, not the destination, but that's a lie. So if you're make sure if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Make sure you click the bell, like, subscribe, all that other, all that other stuff. Yada yada yada. Turn on notifications. Follow us on Twitter at Destiny CC Pod. Send us bungee friend requests. Uh, we got Hippie bringing the TWAB this week real late. I want to say it was like 7.35 my time whenever that TWAB released. Uh, but you'll hear more about that later. For now, we're going to listen to the intro music from our boy Link, who you can find on Twitter at Link of Time G. All right, guys. Episode 51. We've been doing this uh, for a year now. We have a hidden episode that you know, only the original listeners uh, heard, and it can no longer be found uh, on the platforms. So um, congrats to you all for making it a year, and congrats to us for sticking together for this long. Right. All right. Episode um, zero, baby. <laughs> that's gonna be uh whenever we get this Patreon started in a couple years, that's gonna be oh man uh the perk. I uh, um as Fox Missions Hippie brought us the twab this week. She touched she touched on three like major topics, which is like the raid, trials, and iron banner. Three things that uh this community does tune in for and are always interested to hear about any updates that come along with those. So first of all, the thing that happened this last weekend was the vow of this disciple raid went live along with the raid race. And the race kicked off with a few hiccups as in um, there was some, is it anteater errors? It was. The, yep. Yep. Anteater. Yeah. Happened to us our first run into there, kick people to orbit. So they extended the 24 hour contest mode, the 48 hours and so a um, little bit of Destiny drama into that part. But before we get to the drama part, let's just talk about a few of the numbers. So they had a little more than a half a million players jump into the raid. And um, a quarter, a little more than a quarter million got past the first encounter. 130,000 uh, got past the caretaker. 80,000 got past the exhibition. And then at the end of 32,621 unique players cleared the full raid. There's over, over a billion enemy defeats. There was over 70 million Guardian deaths. And there was over 4 million hours spent during contest mode. I know we was in there. Uh, for 17 hours straight until I couldn't take it anymore and quit. Um, as soon as we got to the final boss, I don't even think we put an attempt in yet. Yep. Jared's like, I'm done. Can't do it. I mean, he was done Which with it for it. a while before then. He just, he, it was so much time spent in that third encounter. He's like, I have to finish this and then I'm out. And then I'm out right after that. Which is like, yeah, I 100% get it. I get it. Yeah, I have a limit. And I pushed past it. They get that acquisition done, and I just couldn't take it anymore. Um. So you know, we we fell short of the boss, and well, my run anyways. And then you all continued on, and, and you tried to get the boss done. 
Yeah, we we got we got within a sneeze, a tickle and a sneeze from from uh from final stand. So we didn't get him there, but we got like it was a pixel of health left before he got into final stand and I think we had I had plenty of heavy left. So had we gotten there, like and I had like two bricks in the zone, so I would have been able to pick him up and like keep it going and like man, I was ready to be Listen, in there, but we just didn't. Let's be honest, Chad Let's not sell ourselves short. Let's, God's honest truth. We had it beat. We had a guy die right at the end of that third damage yep. phase, about halfway yep. through it. Unfortunately, our brains were so destroyed that none of us had on high energy fire to give us that 20% damage boost. So if we just would have taken, you know, like, hey, let's stop. Let's talk. Let's talk this out. We would have got there, uh, but the issue is that our brains were just shattered. They were just beaten, exhaustion had kicked in, so we didn't do it. But next next day one raid race, we'll be ready for that. So we decided after every eight to ten wipes in the future, we stop and talk about why we're wiping and, and what we need to do differently instead of just trudging on, trudging on, trudging on, which is what we did in that third encounter. Uh, and that that's what hurt us real bad, I think. Yeah, it, it's definitely a stop and regroup kind of thing. And we're going to have to be much more critical on mod talk for sure. Because we did talk about it before the raid started. And, you know, I, I, I put a lot of hope and dreams into everybody else and thought everybody was listening. Um, I had my mod setups and uh, I was hoping everybody else did the same. But, uh, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen, which is... 20, yep. 20 plus hours in it, it can happen but uh, with breaks here and there and, and more communication in between in between when you're not active uh, can definitely help pull pull teams back together and that's something we just didn't do the The thing that makes it hard is this this year we all we actually had the DPS to do it uh, we just weren't able to execute the very rarely did we die from ads like just the trash mobs if we died it was because we messed up a mechanic we didn't pass a buff correctly uh the the arena like where you actually do dps from with the boss um we weren't doing a great job initially of calling out like his dash and his beams that he throws out so we would take a death or two up there every round which you can't do when you only have you know, six revives for three. You basically have to you have to play at like ninety five percent perfection in order to beat Steph on contest mode, especially the final boss. And unfortunately, we were playing at eighty five to ninety percent perfection. We just weren't quite there. Uh, but I really think that had we cleared that that third encounter quicker, had we taken the time to talk about it, for whatever reason, we never thought to split up. We just always stayed and moved as one unit for hours and uh that's kind of where we felt because we were so exhausted when we got past it that we couldn't really do much else after that well whenever it comes to take down crota in the season 18 you all gonna have fun with that i want to sit back and watch so um oh i listen to him yeah the yeah i mean as you know, as you put seventeen hours into something and only have three moments of happiness, clearing three encounters, it, it, it breaks you. Uh, I went <laughs> Destiny Dark until last night, which was Wednesday night. I just didn't look at it, didn't fire up the PC. Uh, I had I had to just stay off Twitter because there's so many people just kept posting about. The drama of the day one emblem, and then also people getting their their emblems done. And I guess the next topic we should probably talk about is how they extended the twenty four the context mode twenty four hours, and then a lot of people was upset that their their exclusive emblem might might be meaning less because more people got the emblem because of that. I think after twenty four hours, there was less than a thousand teams. And then it ended up being um, 
a lot more than that at the end. Um, so, I mean, so you look at you, we think of that so a thousand teams. That's six thousand players, and they end up being thirty-two thousand total players that that got that raid done. And it's it, what it's led to me is that contest mode is way better than the master mode of the raid. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. And I think if you yeah, if, if you, you take it like one encounter at a time, you like in, do a contest. You'd be like, all right, guys, we're gonna do one encounter, beat it, and then stop and do you know take it on, take it on at the end of the week, you know, and and uh, and and do that. Then then you can really go to town on it. And not be absolutely walloped. It'd be a lot more fun. But yeah, it's way better than Master. Now, like for 24 hour emblem, I'm totally fine with those people in the future. That's first 24 hours, that's the way you get that special emblem, right? And then usually there's like just a free emblem but just for completing the raid regularly. Why do we need that? Make that beating the contest mode at any other time later on. So to, to me, you, the, you still just have the two emblems. You beat it within 24 hours, the, the awesome one, or you just, you eventually beat it in contest mode. I don't know, man. My thing is whenever I'm doing an LFG, they got to have the emblem on because I'm going to check. <laughs> wow. I mean, like Vault of Glass had three, right? It had the, the day one, the regular, and the carries, yeah. We know they this, can make three emblems for a raid if they did like a yeah. like a everybody gets this Dude, one Vault, for doing Vault it. Vault had more than that. Day one, and then and then just uh, a contest mode, clear. That would be fine. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Last wish, last wish had more than that. It had one for beating all the challenges. Yeah, it had yeah. like one that came randomly out of the chest. I want to say, and then it had a 24 hour and a normal. Yeah, see, you, they can do it. They could do I mean, a 24 and a contest. One of the things that Bungie does, and I don't know why, they like just hand out emblems like for free. Like, hey, here's a code to go download, right? Like, I think going into Witch Queen, there was like a spreadsheet of like 15 to 20 free emblems that all of a sudden just became available, right? Why are we just giving emblems away for free when we can just have different ways to earn a main game? Because whenever an emblem is free, it becomes worthless. And like whatever pretty, time put into creating it is not valued. If it's behind, do you know, like just hitting the random chest in the, in the right, in the, in the secret chest, just by hitting it, you get the emblem. I mean, that's, that's something that says way better than just like, Hey, here's a code, go download. So the only emblems I use are the ones that I had to spend money to get. Like whether that be like for a fundraiser or I bought something out of the store and it came like uh, that season or whatever. Yeah. Other than that, I don't, <clears throat> I don't use any of the other ones or the ones you got to buy like a pin uh, and it comes with the pin because those yep. are more rare. Now, if I had a 24 hour emblem, which we got jipped out of in vault, in my opinion, uh, then that would have been, I would be rocking that. So it, to me, it's like the 24 hour ones are the the most rare or like the most uh, exclusive. Mm -hmm. And then after that, like, I don't really care about doing like the dungeon solo. I know you guys like those, but um, after that, I want something that people haven't seen, which a lot of times is tied behind spending money on stuff. So, how would you all feel if they just like they did away with the mastermind whenever that comes out? You know, probably a, more than a month now, five, six weeks. And it just goes back to contest mode as a toggleable thing. And then you go in there, you do the challenges, whatever you got to do to get the death weapons. Like, that way, right now, because I'm looking at this game, I was like, all right, I need to go ground bound, grind bounties and do whatever to get plus 21 on an artifact to make the master mode really easy. Which is what, like season pass two hundred, two hundred something, yeah, yeah. two two forty. I think we we last saw. Um, I mean, yeah, like because contest mode drops you, even if it's like a contest light, which is you're always capped ten under. Like, because doing challenges during contest would be rough, man. <laughs> like, 
I don't know how many teams cleared uh, a Vogue contest with the challenges. Um, I'd have to look that one up, but I know it was small. I know it was very small. Um, and if the challenges are anything like uh, Garden, which the last challenge is just absolutely ridiculous in my eyes for Garden of Salvation, then uh, it, that's going to be really hard in contest. Um, but yeah, now it's just like a grind game. It's just grind game to get to plus 21. Because in that time, you're going to hit pinnacle cap. Um, so yeah, now it's, just a, now it's just a game of doing that because otherwise we would already be set for contest and they could just release it. Contest plus challenge. And that's, that's the main reason we'll never see contest mode like that is because right now, like imagine if Grandmasters were contest like grandmaster and eyefalls were contest mode instead of having to get uh plus 25 over the hard cap you know if you were just always 25 under like once you hit 1550 or whatever so mm-hmm. that's why because it'll drop i mean realistically like i have played so much the past two and a half weeks i'm at like season pass like 115 or something which i know is nothing compared to a lot of people but if it wasn't for the need of needing to finish up my pinnacles and um, reach the pinnacle cap and get ready for all that for grandmasters. I could see myself taking a week off, maybe two, but I can't afford to do that and still get to where I need to be in time. And I think that is why we'll never see contest mode like that. Okay. All right. Um, probably nothing else on the raid i'm really wanting to touch about besides maybe in the future we'd probably have to discuss the red weapons how they drop and how getting five of those in order to start crafting is probably a slightly too high uh, in my opinion but we do have trials returning uh tomorrow it's dropping at reset and all six weapons We'll have the or- new origin traits of Alacrity and One Quiet Moment, along with the returning of the Summoner and the new Scout Rifle, uh, Aisha's Embrace, 260 RPM Rapid Fire Scout, which I think for the most part is probably most people's favorite kind of Scout Rifle because it automatically comes with full auto. And you don't have to waste your mod slot on that. Um DMG did confirm on Twitter that the Fallless Pool is coming back on reset on Sundays. So, uh, you know, if, if there's a weekend that you ever want to go f- try to go flawless, it is the first weekend of the this, of this season. <laughs> and especially if that Scott Rifle is the, the weapon in the lighthouse, a lot of people will be in there trying to get the depth version of that. So... Uh, to me, I'm not super excited about John to jump into this weekend. There's still more PVE things I'd rather be doing and, and leveling than going into trials and being miserable because I was miserable last weekend and I don't want to be miserable two weekends in a row. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I had a I had some trials engrams left over from last season. I think I had like twenty split between my three characters. And I cashed in enough to get like one roll of the Aisha's Embrace. And then uh, the rest of them I spent on re-rolls of Summoner from from Saint, trying to get that uh, that God, the God roll of it, uh, the PVE God roll. And I, don't, I couldn't care much about the PVP auto rifle God roll. Uh, and I got close on a couple, but nothing exactly what I wanted. So um, probably... I see. I don't know what it would take to get me into trials. Maybe like if I, if I won like a raffle from Grenade or Jake or something, that would probably be the only thing yeah. to get me in there this weekend. I think. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the solo weekends because I think it's it can it is as chill as competitive Destiny PvP can possibly be in solos because I think for the most part, most people go into solos like, hey. I get my extra XP. I'm getting my engram so I can go focus at Saint. Right? Yeah, you're not getting a death weapon unless you're going flawless, but you know, I'll take the five percent uh less good weapon and not have to deal with trying to sweat it out. Yeah, you can even play with other people, like like play in the flawless and just like 
run in Discord with a couple of other people and just hang out. Like it's that chill of a like a weekend. You can like all three of us could play on the solo and just sit and chat and talk about stuff mm-hmm. and be like have no problem. It's a it's it's yeah. Like Jared said, that's the only time I really try to go in there is is the solo day because I'm like yeah I'm you're not trying to go flawless on the solo. You're just playing. You're just playing the play, and that's it. That's the only time the trials is is a fun time for me. Is when most people are like I'm not gonna win. So I'm just going to be in here and uh, just have a good time, you know, get some engrams. All right. Next thing that's going to happen in Destiny is on Tuesday, we said Iron Banner is back. And that's another PvP experience that people actually look forward to playing for one main reason, and that's loot. And usually there is four pinnacle drops plus twos uh, that you can get that week per character. And... Along with that, they're also bringing in two new weapons. Uh, Frontier's Cry is the 180 RPM hand cannon. And then there's a sword called Razor's Edge. So they did remove a bunch of weapons from Iron Banner. So all the weapons that they have in the pool now will have the new origin trait, which is called a Skulking Wolf. And that's whenever there's the hunt is on. You don't appear on radar and like some other cool stuff. You kind of um, basically some radar manipulation whenever the hunt's going on. So it just gives you even that more of a bonus. But however, I don't know who's using a 180 RPM hand cannon anymore. So nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I can't be able to do it. Yep. And then nope. this ain't the sword to be using the PVP either. So. Maybe some of those other weapons you'll get in a good maybe you get a good Reese Walker with a with a new origin trait to, to run around with. Also hot picks. I got uh, I got oh, both okay. of those weapons and uh trials bounties I had left over. Mm-hmm. And they're nothing. Like you said, it's a one eighty. I'm like, don't really care about this. It was a bad roll. And I got like Assassin's Blade and something else on the sword, and I was like, There's so many swords that are good, like I'm never gonna, never gonna use this. So, the best Pretty thing about the sword is kind of looks like a lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the closest way we're going to get to it probably in game. Yeah, I thought well, it looked more like a uh, like a Power Rangers weapon. <laughs> okay. So okay. yeah. <clears throat> um, next time we have we had a hot fix. There's a bunch of stuff I went on in the hot fix. I'm gonna hit you the highlights that stuck out to me. Bad luck protection was added to weapon drops and deep sight mods inside of Wellspring. Very much needed. I still have not completed those weapon frames. Whatever I got to do to get those exotic glaives that are completely worthless and probably not even worth your time and materials to get in the first place. I still have to get them and cross them off the list. Glaive mods uh, will now drop from World Engrams or be port- be- can be purchased from 8 of 1. I actually had one drop today from... Turn it in some engrams. And this one's big. Tracking rockets got their tracking nerfed against players in PvP and Gambit. So this is all rockets, all exotic rockets, all legendary and everything. So you know, whenever you somebody invades in Gambit, you just know you're hearing that wolf pack round coming at you from Galahorn or Isis Tomorrow's launching up, or every now and then somebody's still running truth. It's probably still going to be the same, but maybe the tracking is just slightly worse. Uh, not, not right now. Yeah. Um, can I can I have twenty seconds to talk about Gambit? I know I yeah. talked about it for two hours a week or two ago. <laughs> it's fine. So I got a timer. So, so right now there is a they allegedly fixed uh, like the PvP damage in Gambit to where it was doing incorrect damage. But what they have done is they have swapped. Um, and given PVE damage numbers whenever you're going in as PVP. So Ariana's Val is a one-shot body. Um, DMT is a two-shot anywhere. And Hawkmoon is a one-time paracausal uh, is an automatic death whenever you're invading. So <laughs> you might want, might want to stay out of the Gambit playlist until that uh, another hotfix comes along. Time. 
But there is double double (laughs) nightfall rewards going on this week. So I would definitely rather spend my time doing a couple of nightfalls and going. Yeah, and it's it's the new one, too. That's one of the new ones. Apparently, you can get the 100K on the... Nah, not yet. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's lots of Screebs and stuff. So Oh, and Thrall. So that would make sense. You could probably get the 100K on the, what, the hero? The the one right below Legend, right? Yep. Yep, the I've heard that. I've heard, I've heard that swamp section with the invisible screams and stuff is going to be a nightmare for the GMs. That's what I was reading. Yeah, I, I was saying that immediately. <laughs> like it's it's one guy's going to have to go invisible and run, or like make everybody invisible and just keep going. I mean, chain the Oculus, chain the Ursus, chain the Ursus. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> just power through what? everything. When you're on the boat and you have to sit there and like a hundred thrall go and drop on your head and just Ursa. Yeah. And there's even that section right before it with the with the double shriekers and the witches just mm-hmm. the chilling. Yep. All right. Oof. Next, uh, the Aquilus SMG and the Imperial Needle no longer deal the increased damage to to red bars. So it's cool while it lasted, but they have now been corrected to be normal legendary weapons. Uh, Wardcliffe damage has been restored to its um, corrective. Corrective in slot damage. It was doing like stupid amounts of damage to bosses. And they have fixed that. Grand Overture ability to generate more than intended ammo when sh- switching heavy weapons and reserves has been up t- to 40 from 20. So I guess if you use on a Titan with Actium Warwick and this exotic machine gun, you charge it up the rounds, you can switch to any other heavy and like have max ammo, even though you didn't have max ammo or whatever. So. They fixed that, but they did give you some more in reserves, which this weapon I have used very little of. It's kind of waiting to get like the activity part of the yeah the catalyst done, and then like go kill a bunch I'm of cabal at, with I'm it. One ninety three out of two hundred on yeah. that part, <laughs> so getting close. This next thing they fixed the issue of void weakening grenade overriding divinity's buff. So it's like a fifty. It's a fifteen percent difference. Um, but now Divinity will stack. I mean, it won't stack. It will be the good, correct debuff that the boss takes. And then they reduce the melee charge rate from Gravitation Forfeit while you're invisible in PvP and Gambit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Invis Hunter stuff going on, and with that helmet, you stay Invis longer and and get that melee back to go invisible again. I understand why they're they hit it in, in regular crucible. I think they probably could have left it in gambit and it would have been fine in there, but for some reason they're treating the gambit sandbox as in more of a PvP environment than a PvE. Uh when it comes to ability cooldowns and like frosty stacking. Like frosty's used to stack with a, like a lot of stuff. Um a, like a recharge rate and they hit it hard in PvP, and also it's the same thing. It's get hit hard in, in Gambit doing the same thing. So They're trying to make Gambit balanced, and I think they have a long, hard road ahead of them to try to achieve that. Yep, there's just too many too many options. I mean, what would like the factorial be of how many loadouts you could possibly have? Just, just counting weapons not counting like exotic armors on top of it i mean it's yeah. what billions of combinations they would have to consider so i mean it's just it's an impossible task if they just ban exotics out of gambit it will be fine but they will never do it that takes away so much cheese yeah i mean it would definitely be a start it'd absolutely be a start <clears throat> but they I mean, that's it's just never going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. The last thing they, they hit in the TWAB here is a, is a free emblem. And this is actually probably a free emblem that I would actually get behind. And it's it in a way to support, support Ukraine and the invasion of Russia that has going on with them right now. Um, and the emblem code is J-V-G-V-N-T-G-G-G. So... If you want to support Ukrainian game and and also the first forty eight hours of the recent game to give charity went to the humanitarian efforts, which uh, also led to um, helping out Ukraine 
and then there's some other stuff that the game to give also benefited that also does go forth to helping just humanity in in general and that is it from hippie this week so she hit all the high points stuff that's been going on this past week and what we have going on this next week in destiny and you know over this next week we got basically four weapons to look out for that have changed a little bit so here in weapons breakdown we're going to tell you about the two trials weapons and the two new iron banner weapons so the first weapon we're going to talk about is Frontier's Cry, the 180 RPM solar hand cannon. When I think of 180 RPM solar hand cannon, you know, a lot of people think back to Luna's Howl and Not Forgotten and how amazing they was as whenever they was 180 RPM starting out in the game and how they've been nerfed all the way down to 140 for a good reason. So I think... In PvP, if you're using a 180, you always want to try to go back to that feeling of getting a three tap with those. And to me, that is you're looking at a kill clip in that last column. So if I'm building out this hand cannon, which you can't craft, but I'm just this is the this is the wall. Hammer first, acarized tunnel vision and kill clip. I think that's kind of like you get a kill and then you park that kill clip. So you get like three and a half seconds, four and a half seconds of being able to get that three tap and then for pve if you need a solar hand cannon i think i got like a couple like ancient gospels or the the trials hand cannon they took away uh the hammer hammer yep i'll probably use those instead of this but if you're a fan of 180s corkscrew tech mag stats for all and then one for all there's a few weapons that have that synergy now this season. Um, and I think this weapon actually would benefit a lot from the extra stability and handling and reload speed from the stats for all. And then again, at the one for all, when you proc it, because you're also parking it at the same time, stats for all, you get that 35% and additional range on the weapon damage. Uh, the next weapon here, we got Razor's Edge, Void Vortex, Frame Sword. So think spin to win. Uh, we, like we kind of alluded to earlier, this is not the not the frame you're going to want to use for PvP. Uh, so PvE roll, always Jagged Edge, uh, Swordmaster's Guard. And then uh, we got Wellspring and Chain Reaction as the other two here. Chain Reaction is interesting because you can you know, clear out a lot of ads real quick and <clears throat> where it's void that should uh, play pretty well with uh, the, the seasonal mods and stuff this season. So it could be interesting. It's going to be interesting for like two or three more months and then it'll just sit in your vault realistically <laughs> after that, I would imagine. If you went around for fall again, key and teen and it didn't have one of those to drop yet. I think it's in the whirlpool now, but this is your, your other option. Uh, the next one is Aisha's Embraces Avoid Rapid Fire Frame Scout Rifle. That's 260 RPM. Uh, this weapon's recoil direction is 55, which is, you know, it ends in a 5, but that's still not the greatest. So I'm tacking on airhead break no matter what if I have the option on this gun. And then for PvE, I'm going high caliber rounds, triple tap, vorpal. I don't know what bungie decided to do but it seems like they put high caliber on every option almost for most of these weapons this season which just makes me very happy because it stuns the crap out of stuff in pve like very easily whenever stuff like usually will take a while to stun and then uh, whenever iron's turned on i don't think you can ever get a stun but it seems like you actually have somewhat of a chance with high cal and then pvp you airhead break again high cal and then i chose perpetual motion for that third column, I feel like I can get that proc very easily in PvP, just moving around, and then multi kill clip, get that one clip, and then you can get a easy four tap. You know that uh, that triple tap vorpal would probably be, and where it's a void this season. Once again, it plays with uh, plays with those seasonal mods real well. Plus, we got the uh, scouts are anti barrier this season, so if you could play that triple tap vorpal, that would actually probably be pretty sick. I feel like this season. Mm-hmm. 
It also has a unique combination where you can get triple tap and four times the charm. So you could just continuously fire the weapon, but you don't get any extra damage anywhere, but you don't have to reload. I feel like four, very... four, four pull on that would be, well, I don't want to be 15, right? Because it's no, void. No, it's 20. No, no, it'd be 20 because it's, be it's, it's, it's a white, yeah, primary weapon. So it, 20% damage on that, man. That's uh, That's nothing to sneeze at. It'll probably still take like seventeen rounds to kill something <laughs> in a GM nightfall with it. Yeah, but at least you'll be able to shoot him really fast, and you only have to hold the button down. So, and Chad, the summoner has made its return. Oh, baby! Everybody loves the summoner. Everybody gets a good one except Chad. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I can get one this time. Um, but it's a solar six hundred RPM. Um, solars are always great. Uh. It's, it's nice to have, and my favorite PVE loadout is still here, raring to go because it's it's they're two good mods. But uh, for PVE, we're looking Arrowhead high caliber. Like Jared said, high caliber is just great, and especially on a gun that really pumps out bullets, it's excellent. Uh, and then Overflow Rampage. I mean, come on, like auto rifle Overflow Rampage is just chef's kiss. Overflow at all. I mean, as we've seen on Crate, which we'll talk about, I'm sure in a future podcast for because it's World Drop. That those magazines can get obnoxiously large, and it's great. Um, and then for uh, PvP, we're looking at moving target and multi kill clip. Uh, moving targets again, easy to proc in PvP, and uh, that if you get that multi kill clip, that thing's pumping out pumping out damage. It's gonna it's only gonna help out. And uh, if you really like auto rifles and in, in PvP, it's it's definitely a fun one. That's for sure. I would like to give one honorable mention instead of rampage. I hope I get one with overflow golden tricorn um, yeah. in that slot just to just to try out. So um, who knows? Probably. I mean, I guess if you play enough and get enough engrams, you can focus and throw at it over and over. So hopefully, it, you can get it in the first ten or fifteen anyway. Yeah. All right, that is it for weapons breakdown, and it's time to move on to my favorite se- segment, Lord with Chad. And uh, Chad, what you got in store with this this week? Well, this week I, I was I was talking to the boys, and I'm I'm taking uh, a little bit of a note here of something I was already thinking of, and, and seeing uh, a very prominent lore YouTuber is doing somewhat something kind of similar. Just kind of wanted to stay away from uh, any kind of raid stuff for this week, and uh, get really into it next week. There's a lot to dig into, but uh, because of that extended uh, contest, not a lot of people got to play this last weekend, and I know there's lots of gamers out there that can't really play during the week and. Getting a raid team together on a, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night is rough if you don't already have a squad. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from that from this week. We'll get we'll dig right into it next week. Uh, but I want to talk about the the Altars of Reflection, uh, the, the book that's basically just notes uh, from the hidden. Um, we know the Altars of Reflection. That's the place that Savathun sends us to help her regain her own memories so that she can become Savathun again. Um, and so after we go through our whole mission and stuff, uh, Ikora sends a couple of people in there to research it, make notes, do a bunch of stuff to, to really get the lay of the land in there and figure out what's going on. Um, cause their, their, their main things they want to figure out is, is if we've been deceived or not. And the easiest way to do that is send people in there and watch the memories. And there's lots of experiments you can do in there. We got to figure out if you can put other items besides what Savathun's picked onto the altar and see if you can see memories. Um, see if it is memories that are being played, if you can. And just just see if there's kind of some kind of uh, corruption that happens while you spend some time in there. Um, and obviously the best way to do that is to send some hidden in there that can be trusted. Um, so she does that. So the first the person that she sends in there is Lynn357. Um, obviously the subject being the Alter's Reflection. Uh, first notice... She says, regarding the power known as Deep Sight and its use within Savathun's throne world, some guardians have already used this power to access secret pockets of space. Hidden agents have dubbed them the Altars of Reflection for now. There, the invocation of Deep Sight in concert with significant objects has enabled us to view memories belonging to number 7282, Savathun. Two, access to this power requires spending time with the relic and the subsequently in one of the pyramids. Long-term exposure to darkness in this manner carries inherent risk and the process is non-trivial. However, in the interest of learning everything possible about this space and the relevant VIP, certain chances must be taken. 
Considering the sensitive nature of the topic, reports should be directed subject to the attention of ICO-006, ICORA, only. So far, it is estimated that Guardians have been able to view memories that 7282 wants. This supposition is upheld by 7282, Savathun specific, and personal input on the memories in question. But why these memories? This remains a worthwhile question to answer in order to understand Savathun's larger goal. Hidden Agent Lynn 357 was dispatched in full understanding of requisite risk to determine the following as possible. Limits and potential of physical space, applicability of other items and memories, span of Savathun's attention to the mentioned spaces, possibility for use of deep sight outside of alter parameters, and possibility for use of alter parameters with other applications. Lynn 357 is also to assess potential danger in continuing and encouraging guardian access to use alter spaces. Next message is from Lynn. It's, I've arrived on site and made my way into the alter space. It doesn't appear to have changed much at all from earlier provided telemetry. As predicted, there were barriers to access. Several of the loosened brood obstructed my passage and were subsequently dispatched without much trouble. Additionally, the same complication is previously reported blocked the way. Hive runes, parsing their nature and repetition of specific patterns was required to gain full access to the altar. On the topic of the presented resistance, there were significantly fewer hive defenders than could be mustered, given intelligence on available forces. Based on the token nature of this resistance, the fact that Savathun surely knows that guardians have been here, it can be assumed that the defense is not a sincere attempt to keep us out. Historical precedent exists for setting a guard on a location or item to make it appear more attractive. Precedent also exists for opening the way for Guardians to participate in the Hive sword logic. I do not yet have reason to believe that this is taking place here, especially given the severance of Savathun's connection to the Worm Gods that have otherwise led her species, but it does not pay to be incautious around the Hive. Once appropriate precautions were taken against any further incursions, I deployed sensors to record the data as possible, focusing on the central altar and its exterior boundaries. Simultaneously, it was necessary to assess the available space for myself. Impressions follow. It is more appealing than we usually associate with the hive, only the structures bear vague resemblance to those on Luna. The colors are pleasing and far removed from scarlet and rot, and the area lacks jagged edges or significant quantities of bone. Structurally, it is a space clearly built to highlight the central area, and indeed it targets one of the altar itself. All told, in architecture alone, the creator demonstrates a clear evolution, presumably mirroring her own. On the topic of the structure, although the available space does not appear to have walls, there is a definite boundary. Matter grows foggy, and there is a strong sense of pushback when moving away from the center. Initially, I believe this to be a function of the architecture, but significant willpower is required to force myself to look further into testing the concept. That alone suggests it should be investigated more. Conscious of the bias in doing so, I am marking it for later experimentation, as it would involve straying from the central objective. Further data forthcoming. Another note later on. It says, with the perimeter secured and all sensors ready for analysis, there is no immediate further obstacle to the initial experiments with DeepSight. On Vanguard authorization, I've borrowed one of the existing artifacts that has been used to produce and view 7282's memories. A shard of the crystal that Savathun was recently encased in. In summary, following the known and established process, there's no deviation from what was previously reported. The memory of Savathun's death and subsequent acquisition of light played back as expected, identical in every beat. Subsequent repetitions of the same process revealed additional words. Perhaps foolishly, I replied to portions of her dialogue that seemed to request a response. However, there was no explicit answer. I believe it is safe to conclude that there is no awareness of hers here, and what is heard is likely a recorded coded to the specific memory and or object. Her use of this method to influence and sow doubt is not unexpected. As a test, I use the crystal item to invoke deep sight in the same fashion I used previously, this time with intent to view something different. There are plentiful records of Savathun's interaction with Vanguard and Reef personnel around the larger crystal piece that was retrieved from. However, none of these were viewable. The same item only allowed viewing of the same memory, suggesting a permanent association. I have some additional analysis planned to confirm this. The next, the logical steps in analysis involve changing a variable in the known functional equation. 
I've taken the liberty of borrowing some items from others to conduct some tests. First test, introduction of reasonably generic items. As expected, a chunk of glimmer did nothing. A broken off piece from the grip of a new sidearm purchased specifically for this purpose? Nothing. For a moment, there was a shadow, something that vaguely resembled a gunsmith at work or in conversation, but no memory replay, as it seems to be the item known to produce memories. Second test, I had to... I had an acquaintance borrow a trinket from a friend of theirs, whom I have not met. The item is a medallion smaller than my palm with old, rubbed, faint engravings. Following the introduction of this item, the altar, a visible memory, resulted, playing out in third person much like the other memories. I recorded details of this memory for reference and confirmation of accuracy. Once a recording had been made and committed, I accessed the file provided by the owner of the item. This file included summaries of what he thought were the most likely memories to be associated with the item. As you can see, details of what I observed matched one of those summaries. Owner's ghost to provide additional context if necessary, either on my return or when another hidden agent reaches out. Would like to recommend that another agent repeats the same test and see if they can view something different. While we had no reason to doubt the previously revealed memories, all this adds an additional layer of certainty. That which we can ascertain via the altars of truth full and clear. The only remaining doubts are regarding why and which memories Savathun is known to be cunning, but has ultimately been truthful in previous dealings with the Vanguard. Regrettably, these things are not mutually exclusive. I had additional tests planned for the analysis of the altars involving personal items and memory, but I am reconsidering the wisdom in doing so, as well as the necessity. Beyond confirming that the memories produced are repeatable, true, and personal, do we need to know more? I will be moving on to the substance of the world next. So they've done tests to see if there's additional memories attached to Savathun's items. And she has picked and bound specific memories to each of those three items. Now she does have additional words. Like if you go into the altars of reflection, each individual altar has four different voice bites that you can get. Um, so there's a total of 12, three or four per altar. Um, and then we, the test is done knowing, seeing that we can actually use something with a significant memory of the past from a being. And that actually brings something up too. Problem is, since these are memories, and we know that the memory is tied to the item, is Savathun able to corrupt the data that's tied to the object? And if she's not able to, that means everything we saw is the truth. But if she is, that means that it's edited, but we have no way to know if that's possible. Um, but so far we know that we can put other objects on there and see other things. Um, but, uh, these hidden are pulling experiments in there and I'm excited to see if there's, uh, what's, what's coming up next on it. But, uh, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> They're sending this one yeah. person in there, even though you don't know what's going to happen. Are these Sabbathoon's Horcruxes? <laughs> right yeah we just gotta destroy him yep <laughs> um you know i was just wondering if we could put like items onto the arsenal of reflection and get pull memories out of them like if we could put ace of spades on there what would happen yeah i know right like would it show eight uh like Cade doing something crazy with it or, mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. what if you put the ascendant raisins on there or the celery sticks there's like yeah no but there's lots of questions with with items in there like mm-hmm. like the uh the it's got to be a very specific item that has a bunch of memories not like a weird item it's like you can't use the weird glimmer crystals from like the goa uh dungeon cuz they don't they're just they're just weird they don't have specific memories um but yeah like ace of spades would be neat um some of the other exotic like what if you put whisper of the worm on there he's got a lot of memories yeah, he's there's got to be something popping up from there. Well, maybe like the Rasputin engram, and we can go back to like see the golden age and then watch yeah, watch yeah. us fall. Yeah. All right, is uh, it's time for the mailbag? Oh boy! All right, first question. I think we already talked about this, but uh, we'll ask this question again. What did you learn from this day one attempt and what will you take with you to the next attempt? Um, I'll say first that, like we said earlier, definitely every eight to 10 tries stop and, uh, and, and just talk with the group, 
you know, it'll give you your mind a little bit of time to, to cool down, but uh, it'll just let you help you kind of pull together everybody's viewpoint. And, and, and if something isn't working, stop doing it and try something else. And then uh, just, you know, keep on building on, on, on the lock instead of trying to click that first pin over and over again and just not getting it. Just move on and, and, and try to see if you can get something else and, and just keep trying. But trying new things versus trying the same thing over and over and over again, unless like it's full on like the correct answer, you just are at a damage check and you just can't do the damage. But it's just, just take, take, take a minute to recollect everybody's thoughts and uh, figure it out. I think I'm going to write like a day one raid manifesto and publish it. And uh, whenever I do that, I will, uh, I'll put a link of it on our Twitter or something. I just learned that it's not for me and I'll be spending my time watching instead of trying to participate in that. You you can watch my stream and then, and be, be my, my ghost over my shoulder. Yeah. Just, I'll get a message. Hey, Chad, what about this? I'm like, son of a bitch, Jared's right. Hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to be the Tfue. But before you saying know. it's right, I'll, I'll say, hey, Ryan, <laughs> what about this? That way I get his opinion first, because then I know if I have to disagree with Jared or not. Yeah, right. You guys don't ever disagree with each other. <laughs> Question two. Have any of you acquired the exotic glaive? And if so, is it worth the grind? Uh, um, yes. I have not. I have not because <clears throat> I cannot get two more tarnations. So once I get my tarnations, I'll be able to get that exotic glaive. See, all my luck went to getting those red border weapons. And that's it. I've played so many raids now since then. And I haven't gotten, I've only gotten two weapons to drop total the entire time. Um, But like in the altars, or the in Wellspring, right? I've I haven't even seen the sniper yet. Like I haven't <laughs> seen it at all. Yeah. Like it hasn't even dropped. Um, and I've played on the on the sniper day. I'm like, ooh, maybe I can get a sniper. You know? Uh, no, Mm-mm, no. Um, and I think I've seen one bow, one. But uh, luckily enough, I did get the the uh, the quest ones done, and I got them handled. Got the glaive. And uh, I can say it's definitely not worth it, but they're, it's fun. I got the Titan one, so the little bubble's kind of neat. Um, but it's, like, <laughs> it could be so much better. <laughs> like, I'd rather just use Lubres, like, the or, or the regular Glaive and have an exotic. But, the like, the exotic Glaive is, like, eh, eh, it's okay. It's neat. But, like, you have to charge it. You have to charge, for the shield, you have to charge it. And getting kills with the bullet is what counts the most. So I'm like shooting things with it and it's like taking me two magazines to get enough kills to get it. And then I drop the bubble real quick and then I'm like, well now what I can't shoot out of it. I'm not getting a damage buff for dipping in and out of it. It's literally just a, Oh no, let me protect you. And I got to like switch the damage, the fire rate over, like do the hold the reload and then shoot it over at an ally. hope I hit him and he's not moving and save his life. And that's about it. If I'm not on comms, if I'm on comms, I'll be like, Hey, bubble behind you. But yeah. Neat. Yes. So, I guess the Hunter one's the only one that seems decent, <laughs> but like, even then, just like use a wayframe grenade launcher. You can do exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I guess the healing for the warlock one, but like, again, just use the boots, drop a rift, use the boots mm-hmm. and they'll just go everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think when Bungie introduced new stuff, they're very afraid to make it awesome. And I don't know unless if you, unless you have to pay for it, then they make it awesome. You, you have to pay for glaives. Yeah, you have to have witch well, queen. That's true. I, I I just think they was afraid to make it too good, and and I don't ever see it being that great because. It operates kind of in shotgun range and closer with with like actual meleeing, and yeah. for the most part, shotguns are rarely ever used. Like I don't remember ever using a shotgun in a grandmaster, and then like very few raids 
they were ever used. And it's basically like that's because you're at, at power and you don't get stomped halfway across the map in one shot. So Yeah. Is it worth a grind? I'm eventually gonna do it, right? But we have a long time. Yeah, it's it's like, not worth grinding it out. But if you do it along the way, great. It's not higher on a priority list. Like there's still like pinnacles to do, the raid to do, seasonal activity, uh the other red weapon frame stuff to go grind out is it's yeah. all above chasing these exotic glaives right now. All right, question three. Vox, Vox Obscura Heroic is kicking my butt. What's your strategy? I haven't had time to get in there yet, but this is Ooh. the... It's rough, dude. It's, it's rough, man. Like You're actually... It's going to be difficult, and you're going to enjoy that part. Um, what, what I can say is uh, we, we don't um, shout out YouTubers here, according to Ryan. Um, so one of my ba- favorite buddies, YouTube, uh, uh, Dairy Eternally, um, can't say his full name, but uh, you can understand the name off of that, um, has a little cheese that he put out that basically makes it so oh, that tanks see. don't spawn in the second <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. So you just sit there, like no enemies. So you just sit there and blow up the the, the turbines inside the pillars and you just move on. And uh, and after doing, we like we already had a full night of raiding and, and Ryan and I pulled a guy and, and went in there and, and tried like three or four times. And, and we got into the second area with the tank and just got absolutely walloped. And we're like, all right, we're too tired yeah, for this. We're like, we're like we're tonight's good. not the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah, no, it was like legit. We got into the zone and then just <laughs> immediately died. So we're like, all right, not tonight. And then, Ooh. and then, uh, um, Dairy Eternal put out the, uh, the, the video. I'm like, Ryan, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Is there like negative mod- modifiers besides the power, power limit? There's I'm pretty sure the time shorter. They're a buttload of champions, man. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I think there's double the champs. I don't think the time shorter. It's just that since there's more champions, like it's just mm-hmm. the enemies are harder to get through. Yeah. I think the um, tanks. I think the tanks have more accuracy. Oh yeah, and it's it's fifteen eighty. Mm-hmm. So you're you're getting hit hard. Yeah, and those Drakes, man, they were just hitting dumb shots. Oh, dude, like one shot from the thresher one missile hit my tank and it immediately just started blowing up <laughs> i was like wow. no way because it shoots three and one of them hits me and all of a sudden the health just goes immediately away and like the you know how it like starts the blowing up animation i'm like this can't be real and then it blew up and i died but yeah i mean run with a solid squad be ready for all the champions it's unstoppable anti-barrier, so be ready to go with everything, um, and just be ready for a fight. It's gonna get you. But, only good news is you only have to do it once for the catalyst. So it's like it's arbalist with a hand cannon with another linear future and heavy. Is that the play? Yeah. Then that, okay. that's what we that's what we started to do on our last run, and it was working out pretty well. It's just the tanks. The champions weren't like, the issue. It's the vehicle section, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like the tanks get you, and, and you know, the missiles those tanks, and the lasers. Those tanks <laughs> drive differently than any other thing in Destiny, because like it, because like it rotates, right? So, yeah, yeah. like that, that kind of messes with me. That's why I just stay out of it and let Chad deal with it. Yeah. I know it's a lot easier whenever you're using two joysticks than. You know, yeah, it's, on, it's on thrusters, so it moves. It can move in a full circle, kind of like a helicopter can just kind of move around without having to go straight. It's, so it's it's rough, it's bad. I always think I have to pay attention to where my headlights are on the tank because that's the direction yep. on the W. That's key what that W. That's what yeah. W goes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question four: How hard is a raid non-contest mode? That's, that's question for you all. I mean, it's if sad. you haven't done it and you don't know the symbols, hard. If you oh, spent 17 a... hours in it and you mm-hmm. do know the symbols, not hard. It's dummy easy. Like first attempt, our first attempt non-contest mode, we went in with five people on the final boss and killed it our first try. Now, granted, we did have 
12 hours before that in that arena. So there was like no mechanic that we didn't fully understand. But um, yeah, it's it's once you get the symbols and <laughs> the mechanics down, and really every mechanic is based on shooting the correct symbols. I mean, if we're just being honest, super easy. And the super best part is raid. there are given bungee names for each of the emblems. So no longer are you going to a group and being like, what what the heck is dragon breathing fire? What's d- two fish? <laughs> Circle fish? What's isn't that two fish? No. Like they have yeah. given names. And there's yeah. lots of infographics out there with them. We obviously made our own calls because we didn't figure that out for day one. So we've spent like the last two runs we've spent using the the correct calls. It, and it's it's an adapting phase for us because we are so used to being like circle instead of traveler. But for somebody starting out, like as a new squad running with the correct calls, just having a second, like a screen up or your phone with the symbols on it and the names um, will make things a lot easier. But uh, it's it's literally you learn the you learn the symbol names. You the mechanics are are not super complicated, but are are engaging enough. Um, and like a first time squad could probably do it in three hours. Like a first time squad of good players, like learning it from guides could probably do it in two to three hours yeah i mean the the boss encounters will be the hardest part but once you get those down uh we're so strong damage wise there's so many different lord outs and stuff you can use if you are struggling on damage make one person run divinity because that uh really makes a huge difference in dps if you're getting dps checked and if you need help getting divinity Find us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. We'll gladly help you acquire that weapon. All right, question five. What is your favorite weapon that you've used from the raid so far? Why? That's so mean. That's such a mean question. I haven't got one, so. Um, Well, I did get the glaive. So I guess I'm lucky there. And it's fun, but it's a glaive, so it's not super great. I didn't get a good roll on it, so it's it's still cool looking because it's it's the glaive the boss has. So I'm holding it like I am Rolk running around murdering scorn for a little bit, and that was fun. Um and I got the grenade launcher. Again, not a good one, but I got one. And it's it's fun. I don't think we've ever had an arc waveframe grenade launcher besides messenger, because I guess that counts. Um But yeah, it's fun. I like the that grenade launcher is hilarious. And it's it's another truth teller because it can roll a uh, chain reaction. So a waveframe arc chain reaction. It's it's I'm hoping to get a good roll on it because I love waveframes in general. Um, so it's 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 I think I've had a lot of fun with that. I'm looking forward to everything else. All the other guns, SMG, the four burst pulse, the the linear. I want that linear real bad. And the kinetic fusion. I want to run triple fusions in the crucible, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Just go in there and just. I can't go pew pew pew. It's it's more like pew pew. Yeah, I mean it's something that's great to pair with Vex Mythoclass. Your mods are doubling yeah. up, but there's yeah. Stuff, so, um, my interesting thing with that with that grenade launcher is that eventually we're gonna have Arc three right, and we'll have whatever special seasonal mod or like you can get volatile rounds like through your it's gonna be chain lightning too. rounds. So. It's just gonna be interesting what they lead into with arc because I right now arc is so, about movement they said, and blinding. Yeah, sorry to say, I thought it was about speed. Yeah, speed and traversal. I think is what they had said. <clears throat> Chain lightning is a big thing too. Like that's like there's a bunch of there's an exo- I think there's like an exotic for each class that causes a chain lightning effect. And if there isn't, there's something that cre- that adds a grenade that does the thing. So there's got to be, if, if there isn't volatile lightning, I'm going to be upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely so, something. I, <clears throat> I, liked, I was going to say that grenade launcher, but you guys stole that. So I'll go that cataclysmic linear fusion. Um, I don't have a, a great roll of it yet. I only have two. The best one I have has that uh, surplus and high impact reserves. So I think high impact reserves is the play on that, especially 
I'll be honest with you. I I haven't even really looked at the uh, at the rolls, but if you could get like fourth times or triple tap or something on that and stay in that high impact reserve range, uh, you could probably put out some pretty nutty damage with that thing, I would imagine. Yeah, you, you can get fourth fourth times high impact. You can get that exact roll. <clears throat> All right, I think that was the last question, right? Yep. That's it. All right. So uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. If you're listening to us uh, Friday morning, don't forget whenever you get home, you can uh, turn us on YouTube and uh, take a look at how beautiful we all are. Watch us on there. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Destiny CC Pod. Subscribe, like, listen, join the Discord, budget friend request, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to let these two guys sign off. I'm looking forward to get back into the articles of reflect, reflection and all the extra stuff that you've unlocked during the raid. Like, I think it was pretty cool how you got back. You get to do basically the opening counter of the raid. Um, if you haven't done the raid yet, you get to go in solo as part of those missions and get some dialogue from Mars off. Looking forward to that. There's a lot of lore that we're going to really dig into starting next week. And it's, it's, it is a lot of really deep stuff that we're going to be getting into. So uh, if you haven't definitely do the preservation mission It's great. It's amazing. There's a lot of, there's like five good snippets of lore in there from, uh, from Rolk himself. Uh, so take the time. You'll get a 1,400 second countdown timer at the end. Take your time to explore. Find all five of those, and uh, and just listen. Go cats! Love you guys. <laughs>